This is the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas. Did you know that Groundhog Day is coming up? <laughs> now, how many of you have seen the movie Groundhog Day? I think most of us have. Well, for those of you who haven't, it stars Bill Murray as Phil Connors, uh, arrogant TV, uh, Pittsburgh TV weatherman who, during an assignment covering the annual Groundhog Day event in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, finds himself in a time loop, repeating the same day again and again. For far too many of us, life seems a lot like the movie Groundhog Day. I mean, think about it. Our lives become routine, don't they? We wake up at the same time every morning, go through our get-ready rituals, come across the same people, have the same conversations, and hope, just hope, that tomorrow will be different. Tomorrow comes around and we go through the process all over again with no discernible difference. For just a moment, I want you to imagine how the fishermen in this morning's account, Simon, Andrew, James, and John, might have felt on this fateful day in their lives. Here they are, out on their boats, again, casting or mending their nets, again, quarreling with each other about how to cast or mend their nets, again, wondering if they were going to be able to pull in enough fish to survive, again. And the text gives us no indication that anything was out of the ordinary about this particular day. In fact, in Eugene Peterson's paraphrase that we just listened to, fishing was their regular work. If you want to take this a step further, let's look at these men and their station in life. Well, from the details in Mark, here's what we can discern. These were young men. James and John were old enough to be established in a trade, but still young enough to have their father on the boat with them. We also know that the family business was doing at least decently as they could employ extra people to help with the enterprise. We can assume that their work was not unimportant. I mean, they had a business to help run. They had employees to take care of. Later tradition even holds that they had children to worry about. They had responsibilities. They were established members of their community. And here they are, day in, day out, doing really tough work really important work. Work that benefited more than just their own lives. Along comes Jesus with this call, follow me. How many of us would drop everything and follow this guy? How many of us would leave behind our nets, our boats, our businesses, our family to chase after some preacher? Nobody would. It's a ridiculous thought. Nobody's going to up and leave everything they have to follow some random stranger they met on the beach. At least they shouldn't. <laughs> so why did these men do something so rash, so impulsive, so irresponsible? I believe it's because they recognized Jesus' call as being from God. Over the past two weeks in our labs, we've had the chance to look at some very interesting stories about messages being delivered. And the first one was in 1 Samuel when, we heard, when Samuel heard God's voice and didn't know what it was. And it was the chief priest Eli who understood and recognized God's call on young Samuel's life. And he encouraged him to respond with, speak, I am your servant, ready to listen. And then we looked at Jonah delivering God's message to Nineveh. 
And the text tells us that the people responded, that people listened and trusted God. Well, here we see the pattern repeated. Jesus issues the call, follow me. The disciples have no other response than to do just that. But let's be honest, that's not generally our response, is it? I mean, we hear Pastor Dave, you know, he's on this trip to Uganda right now. We hear him talk about the trip and he says something like, I'm going back in September. I want you to pray about joining me. And we can sense that God is nudging us, right? There's that small, still voice that says, follow me. However, our initial response is something like, what's it going to cost? How long will I be gone? What if I get sick? Will it be uncomfortable? What will I eat? How long is that flight again? Or maybe we hear all this talk about labs. You know, we've signed the partnership agreement and we know that part of our responsibility is to be in one of these. And we also know that engaging in that type of Bible study is actually good for us and will help us on our journey of faith. But we look at the times that they're going on and say, well, I can't do that because I work too late. I have my bowling league that night. That doesn't fit my schedule. Or maybe that just doesn't look interesting to me. All the while knowing that God is nudging us, saying, follow me. The disciples dropped their nets. They left their father and their businesses and they followed. What are we willing to sacrifice to follow him? Many people are content saying to God, I will follow you when my schedule allows, when it's convenient for me, when it doesn't interrupt the flow of my life, if I don't have to sacrifice anything, when followership of you fits into a nice, neat, little, easy-to-carry box. Following God is more than that. Following God is saying to the world, I quit. I quit allowing the world to determine who I am. I quit allowing the imago day in me to be shoved beneath the surface. I quit allowing the world to keep me from the path that my Lord, my God, my Jesus has set before me. But quitting is scary. Quitting is leaving the safe for the unknown. And even though we may not enjoy our Groundhog Day-like existence, we at least know what to expect. It may be mundane and boring, sure, but it's safe. It doesn't demand anything of us. There are no surprises. Nothing's going to jump out and shake up our little kingdoms. Let me be real honest with you. Jesus' call is not for the faint of heart. If you want nothing to change in your lives, don't follow Jesus. In fact, the sermon he was preaching on that fateful day in the lives of these fishermen was change your life and believe the message. Change your life. Follow me. Jesus does not call us to live the life we have been living. He calls us to change. He calls us to a new task. And the beautiful thing is that that new task that he calls us to fits perfectly with how we've been fashioned. 
Now, a lot's been made about this passage and the call to be fishers of men. However, I believe that Jesus used this particular phrase for these men specifically because he knew that's what they were good at and that's what they would understand. See, fishing was their vocation. In fact, the word vocation finds its basis in the Latin word vocare, which means to call. Jesus gave them a new calling based on who they were. I can guarantee you right now, God is calling you in the same way. He's impressing upon you in an area of your life that he wants to be used for his glory. Will you let him? Will you quit trying to control your life as though you could? Drop your net and follow him. Will you believe the message and change your life? Or will you simply go on as though nothing is different? Day in, day out. Jesus says, follow me. Up to this point in the story, there's nothing in Jesus' ministry that points to what we will ultimately know of him. For all these disciples know, Jesus is just another prophet from God. He's just another preacher. Yet, they recognize his message as one from God. They don't ask any questions. They don't say, give me some time to get some things in order. They don't ask what to bring. They drop everything and follow him. And he doesn't give them any promises about what to expect. I mean, other than a new job, they have no idea what lies in store for them. They merely know to trust him. You and I, we have a great repository of knowledge, the Bible. As we make that decision to follow Jesus, he simply called to these men from the shore. He calls to us from the cross, from his resurrection, from his ascension. Look at what he's done for you and I. How can we not follow him? And right now, Jesus says to you, follow me. So what's your response? Do you want to ask questions about what he's calling you to? Do you want to take time to get your affairs in order? Or do you want to jump headlong into the adventure of a lifetime? In Luke 9, we have another account of Jesus calling people and their responses. It goes something like this. On the road, someone asked if he could go along. I'll go, you, I'll go with you wherever you want, he said. Jesus was curt. Are you ready to rough it? We're not staying in the best inns, you know. And Jesus said to another, follow me. And he said, certainly. But first, excuse me for a couple of days, please. I, I have to make arrangements for my father's funeral. Jesus refused. First things first. Your business is life, not death. And life is urgent. Announce God's kingdom. And then another said, I'm ready to follow you, master. But first, excuse me while I get things straightened out at home. And Jesus said, no procrastination, no backwards looks. You can't put God's kingdom off till tomorrow. Seize the day.
What's your response? Where is Jesus calling you right now? Follow me. Are you procrastinating? Are you putting him off? Are you waiting until the time is right? Are you worried about what you will need to sacrifice? Or are you dropping your net, leaving everything behind and trusting in him, saying to the world in its ways, I quit. Saying to Jesus, I am your servant. I will follow you. In Laura's blog on quitting, she says, I want to quit being who I'm not so I can be who I am. The world will tell you who they think you should be, as she mentioned earlier. And plenty of people will line up to give you your path in this world. That's not who you are. That's not who God calls you to be. There is a higher calling on your life. And in order to find it, you must be willing to quit right here, right now. That way you can respond as Jesus says to you, follow me. Let us pray. Father God, we have heard your glorious whisper, almost silent, yet insistent, breaking through the chatter of many voices, the clatter of background noises, the wind, the rain, and the storm. And through all of this, your voice remains unchangeable, cuts through to the heart and soul, unmissable. Follow me. Father God, empower us to do just that. Break us out of our day-to-day -day lives and give us the strength and the trust to drop our nets and follow you wherever you may lead us. We ask these things in your son's holy name. Amen. This has been the Crosspoint Sermon Audio from Carrollton, Texas. For more information about our church, visit www.crosspoint.com.